to another episode of milkshakes and mimosas uh so far uh it's the best episode of milkshakes and mimosas and we're only a minute in and that's because we got a brand new theme song thor is joining us today hello thor it's been a while it's me i'm back how badass was that theme song oh my god that theme song was amazing i don't know why they required me to uh donate my tonsils to them to get it but uh which is why I haven't been on the show for reals, but um, it was well worth it. Not not because they asked for the tonsils, but because you had you had a thing where you had to get tonsil surgery, which had nothing to do with the theme song. But I like the joke. But I'm worried that someone might think that I am uh, selling body parts for theme songs. Uh, I don't think anyone and... would give money for tonsils. That'd be like selling your fucking. Uh... What's it called? Uh, the, that that genetic dead end in our intestines. Sure, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, but yes, that appendix. was uh, appendix. Oh, your appendix! Wow. I, okay, now I know what an appendix is. I guess yeah. I just didn't know the placement of the appendix. But I do know the placement of the songwriters. Uh, that was Annalise Nelson and Dax Schaefer, who are extremely talented. And they also do the theme songs for the Percast. And Annalise Nelson has her own podcast called Popular Music the Podcast, where they cover a new uh, hit song. And they cover it every week. It's delightful. It always starts my Monday off well. And then Dak Schaefer also has his own podcast, which is The Bluth, The Whole Bluth, and Nothing But The Bluth, where they cover a whole bunch of Don Bluth animated classic films. Uh, it's also amazing. Very oh my long god, post- I love Don Bluth. I used to dress yeah. as Feifel until I was like, I don't know, 25? I think you're still dressing as Feifel. Let's, <laughs> not, let's not get ourselves. I'm looking at the little mouse right now, and uh, he's got a big <laughs> voice, and that's why he's on the radio. Uh, but yeah. Hey, so Feifel, I, Feifel was the original hipster. Wore his dad's <laughs> hat, three sizes too big for him. <laughs> Everything with a thrift shop to a mouse. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, so I just wanted to do a quick shout out to them. They will be joining us for a future episode. But hey, rock out to that theme song. And now let's talk for real, about... real, that sounded really good. Like we're... Oh, I, yeah. I'm glad that we're debuting it for such a high quality <laughs> film that we're talking about. Oh, man. Somebody's going to get brought here from the theme song. We're going to post that we got a new theme song. Someone's going to come and listen. And then they're going to like hear the words F the prom and go, hmm, that's a movie. Let's hear more about it. It's also great because it's one of those movies where the the title doesn't match... Like, the title they list in the credits, first of all, the opening credits calls it F the Prom. The end credits calls it, I shit you not, 
Hashtag F the prom. <laughs> yeah, God, yes. It ends with a hashtag. Okay, so let's talk about talk about the film. One, had you ever seen this film before? Had you even heard about this film before? I'd heard of it when I was looking up Madeline Petch because she's really good on fucking Riverdale. And I was like, I wonder what else Madeline Petch has done. And then I saw this film and I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Have you, do you have any experiences with the blank react channels on YouTube? Oh, uh, only Irish people react to American food. Okay, well, the guys who do that, Rhett, I believe, the Fine Brothers is who they are. They directed this movie. I believe Irish people react to American food as its own separate thing made by Irish people. I did not realize that the Blank React was, like, a brand. (laughs) Yeah, it's a brand. They tried to, uh, they tried to start a thing called React World, where they tried to copyright the term React. Uh, (laughs) it did not go well. They lost hundreds of subscribers, but hey, you know what? They're back, they're making movies. And this is what happens when somebody who only makes YouTube videos tries to make a movie. And it's so confusing because it's so uh, dated. This whole movie feels like it took all the like dumbest lessons from The Breakfast Club, which is a movie that I feel like was already outdated when I was in high school in the 2000s. And I feel <laughs> like they're they're taking... The whole thing about it being like, oh, jocks versus nerds and like, the, you know, everyone in high, like, I felt like in high school, everyone just did their own thing and no one gave a shit, you know, like middle school is, I feel like the new high school and this movie feels very 1980s. So I thought it was going to be by like some older dudes. I thought it was going to be by some people in like their late fifties. And then I looked these people up and they didn't start making shit until 2008 and are, you know, probably in their thirties. And I was just like, why? Oh, and I, I'm not even done with how fucked up the title is, by the way. The title is different at the beginning and the end and is different than the IMDb listed title, which is not F the prom, but F star symbol and symbol percentage sign the prom, which at no point appears in this movie. (laughs) I've never heard percentage sign used to indicate a swear either, so that's a uh, that's a very new new realm for me. Also, I believe that is more uh, symbols than the word fuck would be. If you were to just write fuck, you would not need that many symbols. But anyways, uh, so we mentioned Madeline Patches in this movie, and again, I want to state that she is probably the best part of one of the best parts about this movie. She is like, uh, I would call this lesser Cheryl, as in like, you can see where she would really like go and like succeed with like a slightly better script in Riverdale. Um, But she does a lot with what she's given here. And she's given bad. She's not given a good script or good direction or good anything, but she makes the best out of it. And you can tell she's trying and that she cares. So... We are not going to say anything bad about Madeline Petch. Yeah. No, but her, I, ca- her character strives to be one-dimensional, and Petch actually does a good job trying to give her some sort of an arc. Even if the arc is just that she has more sympathy for nerds now, but still won't dance with the sweaty guy. Yeah, okay, well. Um, but the rest of the movie, this entire movie, is honest 
to God, the worst thing I've ever watched for a podcast, and I've watched Critters the New Binge, which was a hate crime. <laughs> this movie is a war crime because it includes many, many hate crimes. <laughs> All of the worst aspects of, of humanity are boiled into this movie for a joke. For example, there is a scene where a Jewish kid gets brutally mocked by a couple of Aryan-looking bullies, and the movie treats it like normal high school bullying. The movie the way also that... uses what I swear was a uh, rubber pig mask to go as the character from Saw for Halloween. I, you can actually, I'm not joking, you can see the eye slits. And I was like, oh, it's they're going to like put the pig mask on now. This scene's terrible, but like... I wonder where they'll go with this, and then, nope, it's supposed to be like they have an actual pig's head, even though it's clearly a mask with eye slits. <laughs> yeah, this is when they are trying to make fun of the fact that the um, the Jewish child can cannot eat meat at the point, like, because he can't eat anything that's not kosher. Yeah, uh, which is at least bullies making fun of him, even though, like you said, the whole scene is super, super problematic. It's not as bad as when the movie itself starts making fun of him for actual Jewish, like, uh, Orthodox Jewish practices, like not touching women and that kind of stuff. And the movie thinks this is hilarious that other cultures do things differently. And then, okay... So then he is matched up with the other Jewish character in this film, who is a Jewish female character who has had like a literal sex crime happen to her where she sent nudes to someone she trusted and like the nudes got spread around and shown to everybody. And I mean, uh, to be fair, that was realistic in that like it's realistic. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an adult and I've had that happen to friends of mine. So like, oh, yeah, terrible. <laughs> It's just, okay, I ha I don't have an issue with showcasing this. I have an issue with the way that the film treats these scenes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. right? All like, these are, oh, look at this funny backstory. Now, and you're supposed to go, like, wow, that's creepy, that's terrible. And then the movie sexualizes her character to the point that it makes you, the character, look down like the way the camera is framed so the camera is framed on her head and like the the jewish kid he like looks down and like can see down her shirt for a moment and then he's like oh i can't look i gotta i won't look but you only see from his perspective and then she goes no you have to look it's she, okay she go, yeah exactly it's okay Sexualizing so teens is a-okay with these directors. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, this is just from his reaction shot. Like, whatever. It's fine. And then you cut to his perspective, and the camera pans down to look at this teenager's cleavage. And, like, by the way, this is, like, an, an actual teenager, right? Like, I, I mean, like, I didn't do the exact ages, but, like, all these kids look like kids because they are clearly very young. So it Yeah, the felt lead was born in 1995. It felt very creepy. Oh, wait, that makes her 26. My mistake. The other ones must be younger. But, um, yeah, I forgot. The 90s were a while ago. The 90s. The 90s were a while ago. Um, not to the, these directors, because that's where they think they are. Um, but no, they straight up, like I said, they think they're in the, like, early fucking 80s. It's crazy how outdated this movie is. Every, it's crazy. Every like, single I... scene in this reminds me of, like, I, I've fortunately never seen a 
what's Setzer Freeberg? I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but the guys uh, that made uh, Epic Movie and Meet the Spartans uh, and Disaster Movie and Date Movie, and um, they, it, it, I haven't seen their movies, but I've seen the trailers and I've read reviews, you know, pointing out the the problems with their movies and every scene in this reminds me of that where it's like shot so lazily and the lighting is so shitty and all the props look like shit that you bought at a Halloween store. Like not just that mask I was talking about, but like everything looks just so like even the, like they're like panning around and there's some gag with like um stuff on the principal's wall and it looks like the kind of like props you'd have in like a high school play at like a you know a high school that needed to have more bake sales for their theater funds yeah no that's fair okay so let's let's talk about the plot let's and by the way this is exactly like one of those seltzer freeberg movies i have seen a few of those movies because high school was rough um <laughs> And also, you're like a decade younger than me, so you've you've seen those movies because they were they were more in your zeitgeist. I was, you know, eighteen. They're when terrible. The first one came They're out. terrible and unforgivable. And every time somebody put those on, I would never go to their house again. Except <laughs> it was my house, oftentimes because my parents have terrible taste in comedy. Uh, <laughs> oh anyway. my god, I love this tragic backstory. Yes, the tragic backstory of how I came to start a Riverdale podcast. Speaking uh, of uh, parents, I the one saving grace of this movie was Ian Ziering. Ian Ziering? Really? The one who is uh, constantly like about to be like Chris Hansen any minute now? Well, uh, so let me, let me rephrase that. He says. Yeah, his his lines are, are just as repellent, repugnant and repellent as everyone else, where he just keeps talking about how hot all these teenage girls are. And he's a he's a terrible character. But Ian Ziering just leans into it so hard and goes like so over the top that I like, you know, that it, it, I know the rhymes weren't written to be satirical, but Ian Ziering just was like, screw it. I'm going to like satirize how uh, he was basically doing like the parody of this movie was going on within this movie through him. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Can you describe the plot? What's the plot of this movie? Just so uh, we get a general starting point. So the popular girl gets pissed off that her uh, best friend uh, cheats on her boyfriend cheats on her with her best friend and breaks up with her. So she hatches this uh, really lame plan to mess up the prom in like barely noticeable ways. <laughs> Appeared to me most of the plan. I guess they did pull the fire. <laughs> they did pull the fire alarm at the end, but like they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna give people diarrhea." And I'm like, "I don't know. People get indigestion. Like, and it didn't seem like he did it to that many people. We only saw one person get that, you know." And and also like that, like I thought they were roofing her at first because that scene looks like they're about to roofie her. And I'm like, Oh my God, no movie. No, no, no. You, yeah. It, and then she just, she has, it was just a bunch of laxatives and she had to go to the washroom. Yeah. So uh, I don't get why they I, I didn't will... show a box that said laxatives to show that scene. Instead they show, yeah. like you said, a prescription bottle and they zoom in kind of so you can read it. And my only explanation as to why they didn't zoom in more is they were sure this movie was going to play theatrically for years. So <laughs> Uh, I would say some of the pranks are uh, cost-saving measures for the film. Uh, 
for example, they make it so that they don't arrive in limos, so all the limos are not available for the prom night, so they all have to come in taxis. And you know that wasn't in the script. You know they looked at the budget and were like, um, so we have enough money for one taxi ride. And uh, um, They didn't even rent the taxi. They literally just got in and had the meter run and then filmed fucking half days worth of scenes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, and, and things like that. And like, this is a lame prom, by the way. Also... Okay, so this is the weird thing where the how these movies always work is these movies make such a huge deal out of prom. Everybody in the movie makes a huge deal out of prom. They make prom the most important thing in these people's lives. The main character's dad literally at one point goes to his and goes to the, his son and goes if <laughs> This is what he says. If somebody had ruined my prom, I wouldn't have bought this house, and your mom wouldn't have left me, and I wouldn't have been such an asshole. You need to ruin prom. And I'm like, oh, ah. Also, there's a lot of problems in your life, man. The reason he bought the house was because it was next door to the two dorkiest kids in school, so he could make fun of them every day. He made this decision as an adult. <laughs> um. So, also, the two dorkiest kids in school are played by Sherry O'Terry and Al Borland from Home Improvement. And Al Borland literally does this whole movie without getting off the couch. Like, mad respect. Him and Ian Ziering, I think, were the only people that got what kind of shitty movie they were in. Ian Ziering went the opposite approach where he, like, Nicholas caged this bad boy. But <laughs> fucking Al Borland does not get up off the couch. There's a scene where, awkwardly, Sherry O'Terry is standing up to, like, give a more lively performance. And Al Borland's just, like, he turns his head slightly. I should you not, know, he turns his head slightly so that he can be in frame. <laughs> And it's so it's so much that he won't leave the couch that he doesn't show up at the graduation scene yes. and it's just the one just the mom and he's talking to the dad, like the, the other characters like Zeering, yeah. Dean Saring's dick dad. Um and I was just like, Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, other other ways in which this movie is crazy offensive. How this movie deals with its gay character is so bad. It's so bad. Because it starts out where you're kind of like, okay, like, this is going to be that plot of, like, he's he's in the sports, but, like, he's gay. So, like, all of his teammates kind of, like, alienate him and, like, make it, like, not, like, make him go, like, oh, you can't, you can't do this. Like, you can't be a part of the team, blah, blah, blah. And, like, that happens in real life, right? Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of, yeah. like, terrible shit that happens. And yet again, life. played totally for last. They have all of the characters, like, Reenacting the, like, Last Testament fucking scene of uh, Judas portraying Jesus. I kid you not. Uh, (laughs) To to show the tableau of them being offended that he's gay. And it's supposed to be, oh, isn't it hilarious that this man is gay, I guess was the joke, right? Yeah, and guess what? And then they do the thing that's, like, crazy offensive. Where he goes to hang out with the other gay kids... In school, because it's supposed to be, like, a clique of just, like, gay kids who are just kind of, like, hang out. And they're the most stereotypical treatment of gay characters 
at least like, in the 2010s. Like, yeah, at, but, but like, not even, like, not and even, like, and not even real. And they're not even, like, stereotypes in, like, the main way you think the stereotypes is. Like, they're all men, but they all have the, like, stereotypical female lesbian haircut for some reason. And I was just like, this movie does not know how anything works. No. And they, and they're know how stereotypes work. It's so bad. And they literally do the thing of like, when people are doing like, if you've watched bad shitty 1980s stand up by Ed, like Eddie Murphy, when he's in like fucking raw and he like does the like hand flip and like does the God. gay voice because he's going to say something super homophobic and offensive yeah, but I think that's the only uh, experience with gay people that the Fine Brothers ever had because that's how they actually think they act. <laughs> and and that's how they show them acting in this movie. And there's a point when, like, that group is, like, fighting each other and they're, like, slapping each other. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, like a slap fight. And it's, like, so incredibly offensive. And, like, the way that the character, the main character who is part of the group who is gay, and they describe him as, like, he's too gay for the straights but not – but too straight for the gays is, like, literally the line they use, which is just so – it's fucking terrible. But the only thing that defines that character is the fact that he's gay. He doesn't get to do anything else. Like, as soon as he shows up, he he literally causes the main character to go no homo, basically – uh, because like he like he hits on him, and the main character's like, "Oh God, what do I do? I can't! Oh no, a man is hitting on me!" And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Sorry, you're not my type." And you're like, "Like the character wouldn't like? I don't understand that this is like the only defining trait of this character, right? Like he doesn't get to have a mo- like even other characters get to have a moment where they like introduce another layer to themselves and have a yeah. chat." And like not not him, and it's just like it's pretty it's pretty bad it's pretty bad. Also, you introduce the character as terribly and offensively as introduced. You know, you still introduce a character that's that's gay, and the whole point is that he hasn't found anyone else that's like his same jockish kind of gay. So you think the end of his arc is him finding you know that he he that like like some other gay guy that accepts him, but no. That never happens. Footage no. not found. Footage not found, and everyone else either dances or gets a lady, including the sweaty man whose only feature is that he's... And again, like... Again, see, this is a movie that's about the nerds rising up that was made by popu- like by the stereotypical popular kids in the 1980s, Right? Because you know the writers never had any hardships in their life. They are straight white men who are at the top of the high school food chain. It was fine for them. And you can tell because every time they deal with the nerd characters, they are – okay, so there's one point in the film. Again, this is another – like the lines that they say – some of the lines they say in this film, I was like, this is not acceptable. They're talking about – who wins the prom king and queen? And they go, oh, sometimes it's the crippled kid. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they literally say crippled, which is terribly offensive. And then they go, or the trans kid. And like, again, like that's supposed to be like, oh, the popular kids don't always win. Sometimes these people win. And then the other character thinking that he is saying something smart is like, 
Yeah, but like the popular kids only do that so they feel better about themselves. So like even when it's like nerd power, it's really just popular kids making themselves feel better. <laughs> and I was like watching the movie and I was like, um, script writer, uh, you, you just, you're doing that right now. You're doing what you're, this movie is that. <laughs> this movie is, is that exchange. <laughs> you, you think you're doing something for nerdy kids, but all, every nerdy kid's horrible experience in life, you treat like a joke and treat like it's not really that bad. And you give all of the, like, you give all of the human moments to the, like, so-called villains of the piece. Like, the main guy who's, like, a douchebag who cheats on his girlfriend and, like, is continuously, like, a jerk to everyone. He eventually is in a relationship with, like, the main, like, grouchy female character who, like, is, again, a huge stereotype. But, like, she's not offensively done. She's just a grouchy stereotype. But (laughs) she used to date him. And when they're at prom, she's like, hey, we used to be close you used to be a good guy you're not really a dick you're just pretending to be a dick and then all of a sudden (laughs) the movie's like yeah he's redeemed now it's fine yeah yeah exactly they're in a relationship now it's great oh it also ends with the least consequential graduation scene i have ever seen in my life the entire graduation (laughs) sequence could have been cut the only thing that happens that even resembles a joke is the character who didn't talk because he has a weird he had a weird voice when he was going through puberty grabs the mic and goes, "I love talking," and that's that's as good as it gets joke wise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he basically is like, "I'm gonna go start a podcast about Riverdale. I love <laughs> talking now." <laughs> All right, well, that actually brings up a good point. Was like I said, like for me, high school was just like you know whatever. Like I did, you know, like theater and there were people who were jocks oh. but i never felt like i never felt like anyone was like you know s- you know social hierarchy I, you know i mean I, oh. I i was fortunate enough to be in a super apathetic grade like i remember they'd always do um you know like like each uh grade level like applauds at like the you know pep rally before homecoming and then the the grade level that applauds the law at list gets a uh like a dress down day because i went to a uh Catholic school. Um, oh God. Um, don't even, that's probably why I didn't realize I was by until I was in my mid twenties. Um, but, uh, that aside, <laughs> the, um, I remember like, so every year the seniors win. Cause that's just how they do it. The, you know, the principal's like, Oh man. And the seniors are the loudest. And our year, like when we were seniors, we all just like, didn't try to, cause we thought it was stupid. And the, they were like, Oh, I guess the juniors get the dress down day. We don't really know what to do. Um, so maybe I had a, less you know shitty high school experience but like i said i feel like it's kind of uh, middle school now is the new high school in terms of like... uh, well uh for one we don't have middle school at least i never had middle school i went from public to high school um i mean i mean there's in, in like our you know in america there's like a separate school building for like uh sixth seventh and eighth grade right right i know the concept i know the concept. okay so, so yeah um, so, so you guys you guys don't 
No, we we I think some some of like the bigger bigger cities might, but at least where I grew up. Anyways, I was the biggest loser. Oh, sorry, I wasn't okay. I was so bad at high school. I wasn't even the biggest loser. I was the second biggest loser. <laughs> but the second biggest loser, sorry, the the first biggest loser actually inspired all the other losers. So like they were all like super happy and they all like rallied around each other and it was like great. I watched too many shitty movies like this and believed <laughs> that I could upend the social hierarchy. So I constantly um would I okay, so let's let's talk about it. So I asked out, I gave I randomly called up the most popular girl in school and asked her on a date and then she said okay. And then I was a walking laughing stock for the next uh I would say 2 weeks. And then we go on a date and like she brings all of her friends and we're on the date and then I get back from the date and every single male member of my grade is sitting in a line and as I come across the like line to like come in, they all start mockingly cheering at me because I just got on the date. And then I didn't even say goodbye to the person. I just like ran away because I was so embarrassed and sad because they were all making fun of me. Oh my god! So, anyway, so was, your, was your high school experience written by these writers? Uh like maybe, but like I didn't get revenge for the prom. I ate Chinese food, visited my friend's grandma, and then went to the after party and got very, very drunk. <laughs> and I was still made fun of a bunch. But hey, you know, I was so like these movies. I always get, like, irked by these movies because I'm like, no, 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 no. Your lesson should not be like, hey, upend the social hierarchy and get your revenge. Your lesson should be like, hey, find that, like, one guy you're, like, good friends with and just, like, hang out with him and, like, ride through this torturous moment of your life. Because, like, movies like this try to make you be more bold and it just really does not work out well. Have you seen uh, Booksmart? No, I haven't. What is book? That's kind of the lesson of that movie. It's directed by Olivia Wilde. And oh, it's... I want to see Book Smart. That's yeah. The... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that that's really kind good. of the point of that movie is that like they're the two kids with the like best grade point average in school, and then they discover all the other kids in school like got into you know because they had like extracurriculars or like you know unique interests got into good schools too, and they're like super pissed, and they go you know try and go to like a popular person party, and then in the end the message seems to be. Uh, no, just hang out with the other weird kids. All the popular kids are garbage. Like, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird. And like nothing significant happened at prom. I don't even think we had a prom king and queen. I was on, okay. So I was such a loser that I was on student council, but like, I was like a shitty part of student council. (laughs) And like, I was like the one who like, I didn't know there was a hierarchy within student council. Oh goodness gracious. There was. Cause whatever the lowest rung was, that was me. Uh, but I remember being at plenty of planning missions and like trying to make it a, like a fifties, I, I so I was literally I was obsessed with the movie Back to the Future in high school so much that I I watched it like every weekend like almost every day for a while I just constantly watched the movie Back to the Future so I was like hey what if we did a fifties style dance or we did a 
an under the sea dance <laughs> like you know maybe we could do do something like this like that would be that. like super cool and we could all do that and then it was like angie that's a terrible idea we're a casino this is we're doing a casino night and I was like, oh, fucking casino, right? Oh, my God, you people. Um, so I had to do that. They also once asked me to make a, up the school a, play. What an amazing, unique theme that they went with. Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, to be fair, my themes are equally hack, but at least I was trying to uh, become George McFly. Hey, I went, uh, to, I went to my local planetarium for the 30th anniversary, or no, for 2015, for the uh, did a uh, fish under the sea dance. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It was really fun. Me and my uh, now wife went. Oh, that is sweet. And I, did met you... her, I met her because I punched a bully. <laughs> I was about to say, did you punch out Biff? Uh, oh, excuse me, not a bully, a would-be rapist. Yeah, no, Biff is a bad movie. Biff is a bad man. Biff yeah. is so bad, he was, he, Trump was, a par- Biff was a parody of Trump. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. That's how bad Biff was. <laughs> uh, and they thought they were, like, doing an over-exaggerated version, yeah. but they were actually underplaying it. Biff is a better person. His, Anyways. Uh, his, the, his casino is that casino at the end of uh, Fremont Street in Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. They only for the, like, if you look at the way they do the, the shots, there's the town square, and then they never pan up and show the high-rise casino. And then when Marty's standing there um, at the uh, the steps, and he, like, pans up and sees that it's, uh, you know, it says Biff's at the top, that's a matte painting on top of the uh, the plaza casino at the end of Fremont Street. Oh, nice. So the other, the other very uh, pivotal. Okay, so there's a two, there's a few more pivotal high school memories I'm going to share with you. Oh God, this is I'm like feeling so bad for (laughs) you. No, 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 it's fine. I've got, I've had therapy. I have no more residual high school emotions. It's fine. But let's just keep going through them. Um, So I, I learned about betrayal from a friend due to high school. So there was a uh, a teacher. Who, uh, if you forgot your textbook in his classroom, you would you would have to buy him a pop in order to get the the textbook back. He would hold on to your textbook, which uh, which was probably illegal. Like I yeah. think he just had to get the textbook back. But we were stupid and and children, so we're like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> and he made a he made a deal with me because I kept forgetting it because like I just I don't I think I just didn't care so I just kept leaving it leaving it there, and he said if you remember your textbook for the rest of the year I will buy you a case of pop, and if you forget it once then you owe me a case of pop, and I was super on board I remembered it every single day, every single day. Until I go, it's the final day. I open up my locker, and it's not there. And I get in, and much like that scene from Empire Strikes Back when they go to dinner, and all of a sudden Boba Fett and Darth Vader are there, (laughs) there is the stupid teacher holding up my textbook and being like, looks like you forgot this. And what I learned later is that my friends quote-unquote friends, but hey, it's fine. I remember both of them. They probably don't remember this, but whatever. They <laughs> they knew my locker combo, and they went in and took the locker to give it to them for no bonuses. They didn't, they didn't sell me out for nothing. They didn't get nothing for this other than my misery. And I lost money buying pop. 
I won, though, because I bought them Diet Dr. Pepper Cherry as my flavor of the week. <laughs> I bought a case of that, and I basically bought that case and was like, fuck all of you, enjoy this bullshit. <laughs> um, I think next time you're home, you should go egg their parents' houses. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there was the Just moment get some where petty, meaningless revenge. There was a moment where they found my YouTube channel, uh, and they played it in, in class. And I also had to leave the class because I was so embarrassed. Uh, oh, jeez, like, man. I, I so my mistake. The- okay, so my mistake. Uh, I, high, school, I, high school, at least in Canada, is still this terrible. <laughs> high school in Canada is a dog-eat-dog world. And I was the dog getting eaten constantly. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I mean... Look, we're going to have so your, much more But your YA high school experiences about. seem so nice based on that one episode of Degrassi I saw where Kevin Smith shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Kevin Smith was doing some terrible stuff in that high school. He's probably <laughs> bullying the versions of me. <laughs> have you ever seen that, though? Like, I've never watched Degrassi, I, but... I, um... It's funny enough, I, I have watched a few episodes of Degrassi. Degrassi is great. Like, it's a classic. I really like old-school Degrassi. They actually reference it in this... In this, They reference, I believe, a modern version of Degrassi. Yeah. Terribly. We'll talk about the pop culture references. Yeah. So the modern, the modern version of Degrassi, there's, like, a four episodes directed by Kevin Smith that he shows up I, in. I own that DVD. I've never seen it. I've owned that DVD for probably about four years now. But then I think year one of that, I aged out of most Kevin Smith's filmography. Um, so I've just yeah. never. I kind of want to watch it though because I like the grassy. But let's my, okay, let's, uh, my my let's wife re, my my wife rewatched Clerks for uh, her podcast, and uh, I watched it with her, and I was just like so embarrassed for my 15 year old self for liking that movie like yeah yeah uh speaking of things you'd be embarrassed about what did you think of the pop culture references in this movie there was another reason that i thought that the fucking writers were all like 60 years old was they would be like oh man i'm uh you know like i I can't you deleted your instagram so i'm gonna faint like, it was straight up, like, the girls who chase around Josie and the Pussycats in the cartoon version of Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Oh, and then they also have the, the, the Asian woman who, like, faints over the uh, the main girl's hair being the same style two days in a row. And, of course, she has an Asian boyfriend because, like, one of, like, the only minority in this movie has to be matched up with the same minority. And it just made me so mad. Yep, nope, that was pretty bad. Um, so they reference the grassy, they reference Carrie, because, okay, okay, this is, this is where we need to have the, like, I don't understand, like, the plot doesn't make any sense. So, the main girl, who is, like, who is, is gung-ho, she's a popular girl, she's gung-ho on ruining this prom the entire time. And then she slowly becomes more popular and gets back with her boyfriend, so she wants to go to prom. Well, that's she the weird says, part. You would think – you just described a movie that makes more sense. You would think she loses her popularity through some embarrassing incident. But no, all that happens is her boyfriend dumps her for her friend. And not that that's not traumatic, but every single time she does anything, she she tags the, the, the kid next door who's not popular. And everyone's running up to him, and now he's the most popular kid. And so she's still the most popular kid in school. And it's, it's, I guess it is just these idiot writers just thinking that like your entire, um, self-worth is based on the man you're with. I mean, like, 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. So okay. So then she, I feel she like, decides. I feel she, like if, if if I don't know if they ever ended up releasing that terrible looking Heather's TV show, but I feel like that this is the only thing that would make that look good. Oh God! I just had shivers. I just remembered that Heather's TV show. <laughs> um, but Do you I was okay. The so, Paramount Network. Oh God! <laughs> is that out of business yet? <laughs> Um. So okay. So she's gonna go. Not to be confused with United Paramount Networks, which is already long out of business. Which is UPN, where Buffy had its final two seasons. Okay. Um. So she is gonna go to prom now. She goes to um the main character and is like, "Look, I'm not gonna rat you out. You do you." Just don't ruin prom for me. And she knows that the sabotage involves, like, um, videos that she made and pulling the fire sprinkler majig and go ahead and get to the main thing that it involves. Which is getting carried, which uh, is what they call it in the movie, and then they go, yeah. whoa, what about that episode of Degrassi? But well, they literally tar Heather. The, yeah, they tar and feather her with the worst CGI feathers I've ever seen. Like they fucking they stole these feathers from Bird Demic, and um, the fucking like you said, she doesn't get she when she wins prom queen, she somehow isn't suspicious of the fact that these people who were sabotaging prom and she knew were going to hack the voting so that the person they wanted to get tar and feathered would win prom queen. And also, why do they keep referencing, uh, they reference Carrie, but somehow think that they're the good guys for doing... Yeah, I know, right? They're just like, yeah, remember Carrie? That movie about all those nerds got back at that popular girl, Carrie White? (laughs) And then she thanked them all and she had learned her lesson? She definitely didn't close the doors and murder everyone there. Um... And yeah, they think they're the hero. And they there's this weird moment where there they, was they... that there was that was the one I actually still haven't seen all of Carrie. Um there was the one uh the one lady who was Nancy Allen who was nice to Carrie, right, who went on to be nice to Robocop. Yeah. Oh, oh god, wait, she was not nice to Carrie. <laughs> she was one of the Oh no, wait, she was good. Sorry. And then she she so much learned her lesson that yes, yeah, she did uh, become a cop in uh yeah. Well, also, she's always very kind to outsiders, whether it's Carrie or a, a cop with whose back of his head is metal. Yeah, exactly. RoboCop. Man, if RoboCop had shown up in this movie and just <laughs> shooting off dicks like this, we would have been so <laughs> Oh, my God. What if the scene – what if the scene where they, they have the – so there's this big running joke at the end about how a guy has become a registered sex offender and how hilarious that oh, is. And also, like, that wouldn't happen because he didn't show a real dick. They, you show him, like, uh, like uh, photoshopping a clearly fake dick onto yeah. – yeah. A picture, but anyways, anyways. Yeah. So, what if instead of him photoshopping a clearly fake dick onto a picture, what if he had dressed like RoboCop and just started <laughs> shooting people's dicks off? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. You mentioned that. That reminds me of the worst speech. Okay. So again, the the makers of like so after they ruined prom, the main character he's always called Tidy because he got pants once and he was wearing Tidy Whities, which like come on, believe me. High school kids torture you in much more creative ways. I've been tortured. <laughs> I've been to high school. I've been those grounds. If just, they just call me tidy, it would be fine. 
This is instead, Thor. Oh my god, this is the Thor's Hour of Thunder. I was about to use my Thor's Hour of Therapy joke, but we're on the wrong <laughs> podcast. This is Therapy and Mimosas. <laughs> therapy and Mimosas. It's fine. Instead, the you know the student council asks you to write the school Christmas play, and then you spend days and days writing it, and then they throw out your script to make a dumb song. Oh, that's geez. how they torture. <laughs> that's, oh, how they, that's how they torture We're you. We're dealing with some <laughs> deep shit here, listeners. Um, so there's a scene where he's having his big speech, and like literally, it's a ripoff of Revenge of the Nerds, the Revenge of the Nerds speech. Which, again, I might remind you, in the movie Revenge of the Nerds, they commit multiple sex crimes. Yes. Main character of that movie legitimately rapes a girl. Yes. Uh, it is 100% rape, and they are fucking trash nerds. And we should all be like that big jock who's like, nerds, and just like rips them up. <laughs> I mean, he's out. the best character in those movies. I've never seen the sequels, but he's such a good character that they turn him into a, a friend of the nerds by movie two. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's the best, because uh, he just wants to beat up these sex offenders. Um... <laughs> But, uh, also, I like that that movie starts out with him just straight up being in the process of murdering someone. Like, he's literally just dropping someone from the fourth floor of a building. He's probably a nerd, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but they, so they, they, I don't, I don't they, think uh, Booger commits any sex crimes. I think Booger is the closest we have to an admirable character of the nerds. Wow, that's really stretching it. <laughs> Booger is uh, is your prime example of, uh, of greatness. Of <laughs> um, anyway, so there's that that famous Remember when scene Anthony that Edwards was in ER. <laughs> and the what do you think this obituary is gonna say? ER actor Anthony Edwards or Revenge of the Nerds actor Anthony Edwards? Uh uh, I don't know. I'm very interested as to what the uh, the one guy, the main character who does commit the sex crime. Um, oh, what you his... mean Robert Carradine related to David Carradine? Oh yeah, Robert Carradine. I uh, I just wanted to bring up that he's Lizzie McGuire's dad on the TV show Lizzie McGuire. No um, way. Yeah, I it was. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a very weird, weird experience. What growing up watching Lizzie McGuire and then seeing Revenge of the Nerds and going, oh. Your dad was a bad man, Lizzie. He was a bad man. You should have stopped that man. Ah, uh, yeah, bad man. Uh, anyways, okay, so let's we'll get to, to the have point. You write the the trigger warnings for this episode because they will be just a list of everything. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Um. Okay, so they're doing. There's a famous part in that movie where there's a big speech, where they have like the big speech where like the one character gets up and is like, "You are mean to us because we're nerds, but we're people too, and we deserve to be treated like humans." And then nobody responds like, "Hey, baby, you treat women like people, you misogynist fucks." But uh, <laughs> no one, nobody responds to that. Anyways, much, he makes a big much, speech, much like Merchant of Venice. The Revenge of the Nerds has problems where it has sympathy for its minority character while failing to notice the sexism on display. And uh, just like Merchant of Venice, they take a pound of flesh from that asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a point in this movie where... In high school, I did a a stop-motion version of if Merchant of Venice was Judge Judy. What? Okay, interesting. <laughs> because his uh, his girlfriend dresses up as the judge. Oh, interesting. Okay, it, it makes uh, sense to sixteen year old me. 
No, 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 it's fine. Okay, so now after we've done that, like, ten-minute tangent, let's get to the scene that I want to talk about. <laughs> so, in this movie, the character gets up to make his big speech. Sorry, looks tidy- like we're all out of time. Join us next time. <laughs> and next we got Matt Damon, and we're all, sorry, we're all out of time, folks. Um... <laughs> Uh, and he goes up to make his speech, and in his speech, as to what he is saying is good that they have not done. Okay. He goes, we haven't shot up the school. Yeah! And we committed suicide. And you're like, uh, movie, those are fucking extremely touchy subjects. Maybe you could handle that with a little tact. Oh, no, that's, that's the only time. You're just going to mention that and keep going? movie someone should have stopped you in production Uh oh yeah and like that's fucking bad like you should not be able to just casually say that and also by the way you read about all the like ridiculous shit that like your favorite filmmakers had to deal with from producers telling them stuff like how uh they wanted to uh change Back to the Future to uh, whatever it was, like uh, uh, Martians from the Planet Vulcan or whatever the fuck it was called. Uh, that's not a joke. That's what uh, the the guy who was married to the lady from Jaws wanted them to change the title to, um, who was the head of the studio at the time. And, um, like, you hear about all this, like, studio interference. Where was the studio interference on this movie? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and nerds. Nerds out there, if you're listening. Um... It's the bare minimum not to shoot up your school. And uh, you're not a good person for not doing one of the most terrible things on Earth. You're just a person. Like, don't do not do that, obviously. But, like, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a, like, uh, it's not a very high bar. If you're in the high jump, that's on the ground. The ground is that. <laughs> don't do it. But it's not like it's I don't know. It's like it's like when you when you get into um, a lot of like uh, LGBT issues, LGBTQIA issues, there's a lot of uh, people who say they're allies and like they really want credit for not being homophobic pieces of shit. Right. Like it's just like they go up to someone and be like, hey, I wasn't homophobic. Where's my award? Come on, come on, give me the crown. I want the crown. I want the ally crown. I want the little cape. I want the little sash. You ever see when Brad Paisley changed Stand By Your Man to be an anti-bathroom bill uh, song? And it was just a bunch of jokes about how funny it is that, you know, some uh, women have penises. And uh, that's exactly what you're talking about. He's just like, look, I'm an ally now so I can make these jokes. Oh, no, I have not heard that. Yeah, fuck Brad oh, Paisley. God. You heard it here fuck first. Brad Brad Brad. I know you were I'm... probably sitting there thinking that Brad Paisley was a fucking awesome dude. <laughs> oh man, that, wow! That the, the singer, the singer of that song with LL Cool J about how we, if uh, we just didn't judge people for wearing bling, slavery would be forgiven. Oh my gosh! Okay, he did do that. Yes, he did do that, and that's the song that's like. It's not easy being white. No, wait, yeah. sorry. That's, that's the Arrested Development parody. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking of the Arrested Development scene where J. 
Job has Franklin the puppet, and like the joke <laughs> is basically about that song, but it was made way before that song. Yeah, it was an ebony and ivory takeoff at the time. I think the Paul McCartney Stevie Wonder song. <laughs> oh God. This is why they don't let me make movies, because uh, my cultural cachet is just too weird. By the way, the um, the producers of this movie, the production company was, you will be not at all shocked to learn, Fine Brothers Entertainment, meaning these assholes. Yeah. And also, it also was uh, Big Block Entertainment, a company which I can find no information about. <laughs> Yes, this is Russian shell company. We are trying to destroy American democracy by making shitty high school movies. <laughs> oh my that... god, wait. Wait a second. Is this the same? Yeah, this is spelled exactly the same. No, 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 different spelling. I was worried for a minute there. <laughs> I was, there, there, there is, um, there is big block with a C and no K that is a, uh, distributes uh like regional african-american entertainment and i was like how they get involved with this shit but no this is big block with a ck <laughs> so you're saying even their name was appropriating yes. like even their production name is appropriating something better that yeah. actually has meaning and works did you oh, notice the, good how... news, the distributors of this uh or orchard um owned by sony <laughs> Great. Now Spider-Man can show up. <laughs> Spider-Man just shows up like, I'm not in the MCU, but I'm in the prom. Thwip, thwip, thwip. Let's talk about all your issues, kids. Well, I, I really thought the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming should have been called Spider-Man Prom. So, Oh my god, what if it is Spider-Man F the Prom? It's <laughs> <laughs> just a remake of this movie and Spider-Man is the fucking jock that all the nerds are like, oh, that fucking jock such a dick let's make it let's, and it's like all like they just replace all the nerds with super villains and like it's all these like super villains who are trying to make sure that spider-man isn't prom king it's just like the vultures showing up and you're like why is this like old ass man here in, in high school oh my god and the black the black tar for the tar feathering is the venom symbiote it's the symbiote and he just goes crazy when it lands on his head and kills everyone um, so we just made a good movie out of this very, very bad movie. Do you remember that, uh, fun fact, um, the reason that Sam Remy did not direct a Spider-Man 4 was not because Spider-Man 3 was a train wreck, because that movie made a ton of money. They actually were in talks to have him direct a Spider-Man 4, and he would only do it if he could have John Malkovich as the Vulture, and they were like... We kind of don't think a really old dude flying around will be scary, and he refused to entertain any other options. Oh, I remember. That was good at, like, I'm pretty sure he wanted John Malkovich to be the vulture, and then he wanted, um, he, oh, goodness. He wanted, he wanted Catwoman Bruce... to be in it, because he just didn't give a fuck at this point. <laughs> no, he wanted Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. Like, that was his plan. And it was going to be, like, a classic hammy Mysterio, and I was, like, super excited, but... <laughs> Because after after fucking Spider Man three, he was like, you know what we need to do again is that whole multiple villains thing. <laughs> it worked really well in Spider Man three. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'll admit I liked Spider Man three when I first saw it because it had you know explosions. 
There you go. Explosions it is. Um, <laughs> did you think that the art show in this movie was going to go anywhere, by the way? It was like the fucking uh, bowling championship in Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> I was yep. waiting because he, he he crumples up the art show thing. And so for those of you listening, since I hope to God you didn't watch this movie, the uh, he has an art show that's on the same day as prom, and he gives up his dream of going to college so that he can pour water on people at prom. Um, so he can be a vindictive asshole. Give up your dreams of gaining your future by fucking up someone's good time at the prom. Though to be fair, his art was terrible. That shit was totally done by like some intern on set. Like that was that was, you know, like that, that was laughed on deviant art. Dude, that that art would not be acceptable in any art display ever. When he tries to ask the girl out by drawing them together as an invitation for prom, I'd be like, no dude, like this is trash. Draw me better. Yeah. Like, paint like a French girl and, like, do a good job. <laughs> this is trash. Get out of here. I mean, it looked like, like, picture if, like, your, you know, child was a fan of those ads for uh, the, like, insurance and, and your child tried to, like, draw the insurance girl. Um, that's about the quality we're dealing with. Yeah, that's about the quality you're dealing with. And there's one point where uh, the neighbor girl is really sad and depressed, and she's like, I'm not good at anything. And then he, in his genius, is like, oh, I think I remember one thing you were really good at. <laughs> and then it comes to them riding bikes. <laughs> the big thing is riding bikes. Hey, girl, you're really good at riding a bicycle. And then he doesn't even let her win. Like, the whole point was that they used to race bicycles, and he'd always win, except for the first day of high school, which I think was supposed to be a portends for the fact that he was going to have a shitty time and she was going to have a good time. I'm probably giving this movie too much credit. But um, then <laughs> then when they actually race, um, when he's like, I remember one thing you're good at, he fucking wins! Like, he's like, hey, girl who's depressed, she's not good at anything, let me beat you in a test of strength. Yeah, and let me tell you about my Instagram, which is, like, I don't really have anyone following me, because, like, I don't want people following my Instagram, because, like, I don't want people to, like, blow up my phone, okay? But he posts constantly in it. Like, when he won't let his best friend see any of his drawings, I'm like, you get that those are still out there on the internet, man, right? Like, it's not, yeah. if you don't have any... You know, people from, and, and then when she's like, she has the most followers at our school. And I'm like, well, based on these class sizes, she has, what, like a hundred followers? Like, And then they show, and she has like a thousand, right? Like they do a showcase, and like they have a thousand followers. And another thing, you, okay, so like if you know anything about, and you know anyone who's a teacher right now, um, a very big thing about being a teacher right now is do not interact with any of your, like any of the kids on yeah, social media. Yeah. One, I've had that even even just with volunteering. They're like, you know, what? It's like a two year window after they uh, stop being in the you know system you're volunteering in. You know, yeah, no, and that makes sense. And like one, and also what what, one when they said that, I was just like, what the fuck do I want to hear what sixteen year olds are talking about anyway? (laughs) Like (laughs) exactly, like how sad. Like this movie operates under the idea that like all of the teachers are people who can't get over high school, which like is not, 
is like a lot of teacher. Guess what, kids? A lot of your teachers are there because they actually give a shit about you and want you to succeed at life. Oh, like uh, the fucking principal, which means she oh, had to go get point. a graduate degree in school administration, <laughs> and she is basically just a even like a, a a poorly drawn version of Rachel McAdams' character in Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly. And anyway, so all of these teachers, all the teachers they interact with, the principal, everyone, is said to be following all of the kids and yeah. following all the students and following the popular girls. That, that, like, sex, that sex offender character in the fucking Scream TV show was a more accurate portrayal of, like, student-teacher relationships. Like, Archie <laughs> fucking Miss Grundy was a more accurate portrayal of normalized student-teacher relationships yeah and it's it's bad see like the, this weird like the movie does this weird thing of like where there's no real adult characters because like yeah. all the adults are like goofy pastiches and like yeah. practical jokes so you don't actually get that moment of like a serious moment where like they sit down with their father or sit down with their son or they they fit down well, with the family they still member try and do it. oh they try they try when uh, when Al Borland and his wife are like, oh, we finally gave her good advice, and then when Ian Ziering has a speech that lasts for, like, what seems like its own movie. Like, it seems like we've entered some sort of time loop. Like, the time loop from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Fucking 4. And now we only exist in a world where we're watching Ian Ziering give advice to his son forever. What I love that Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, the Dream Master, was a reference you just made. Because <laughs> when I saw, when I watched the uh, graduation scene, all I could think about is how much better the graduation scene was in Dream Master. Um, <laughs> which again, I should have a reference to like a normal high school movie, but no, sorry, Dream Master, it is. That's my life. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like if. So there's a point in Dream oh, Master wait, am I wrong? where is that? Oh, no, no, no is you're the, right. Is, is the time no, no. loop is in four, not five, right? Yeah, the time loop is in four. Thank yeah, because uh, that's the Roach Motel kill. Like she's <laughs> trying to go rescue her friend. Anyways, so there's a scene in in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, the Dream Master, <laughs> where Alice goes to sit in a movie theater. And, like, it's supposed to be, like, a dream movie theater. And, like, Freddy has taken over, like, this nightmare world and is, like, showing her, like, this nightmare movie. This is the movie that Freddy Krueger would play and Freddy <laughs> Krueger would be Ein Zeering. If you were, like, if you were to make this movie and just tweak it slightly and make this, uh, like, a weird skewed version of, like, some Freddy Krueger puppet mastering all these kids' horrible <laughs> dreams and he's just going to, like, slaughter them all in horrible ways, uh, this is what this movie would be. Why are you trying to get into art school, bitch? <laughs> Oh, you're doing that hairstyle again? Whoa, it's really tacky. <laughs> you didn't do your homework. You were too busy fucking. Uh, also, I'll, I'll say it right now. I would see a Nightmare on Elm Street remake starring Ian Ziering in no makeup. Just Ian <laughs> Ziering with a hat and glove looking exactly like Ian Ziering. <laughs> and it would be scarier, man. It would be terrifying. <laughs> Um, I mean, I just like fucking Freddy Krueger. I even liked the fucking remake. I'm such a slut for Freddy Krueger. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. What are your final thoughts about this movie? Uh, watch 
Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors, instead. It's the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's got uh, the Arquette. Uh, it's the one time they were able to get get get, get the uh, achieve the level of quality that Scream did where it had an Arquette in it. That's their level of quality if it's got an Arquette in it? Yeah. Eight-legged <laughs> freaks, all-times classic. It's got an Arquette in it. Like, Give fucking, it a- uh, that's, that's why, uh, you know, Desperately Seeking Susan is the best movie of the 80s. Sure. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other Arquette movies. Is uh, is that is that an Arquette in the Legend of Billie Jean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's very important to me to know this now. <laughs> um, I would say if you want to see like a a proto Cheryl performance from Madeline Petch. Was this before 2016? Was that before uh, she started filming? Yeah, this was before Riverdale. Like, this was definitely, like, made. Like, even if it didn't, wasn't released. Like, I, I know this was made before Riverdale, as far as I know. Um, just because, like, you can kind of see that she is a powerful performer in a terribly offensive garbage film. And she still does her best. And she doesn't say any of the terrible offensive things. So, she, like... She might be the most admirable character in the movie. She, she is... is- she is kind put of, upon like Job in this film. Yeah, exactly. Like she's got the puppet Franklin and she's put upon like Job. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that was a good fucking joke. Thank you. <laughs> um so I, I do wanna correct myself. Uh Legend of Billy Jean, I got my uh acting siblings confused. Legend of Billy Jean stars Helen Slater. Ah, uh, well, I mean Slaters are pretty pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. I got allow it. I'll allow it. We, yeah, no, we, I like I like all the Slaters except for AC Slater. Oh, we we don't talk about AC Slater. AC <laughs> Slater should have been in this movie, so I could hate it more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, if this movie had just starred fucking uh, Mario Lopez and Kevin Sorbo, it would have oh it would have just been everything oh I hate my. in one place. <laughs> Now, if Freddy Krueger wants to torture me, he would make me watch this movie. Like, Freddy Krueger would be like, hop in, want to see this Christian movie? I would have loved it if once they realized this movie wasn't going to take off, they had recut the trailer to make it look like a Christian film. (laughs) Faith, the prom. And then how, I mean, and then the Christian, like Kevin Sorbo would be like, Wow, I really like the anti-Semitism. That was a great scene. <laughs> all comedy. That was just what happens in these movies. I'm Kevin Sorbo. I'm human garbage. I was once Hercules, and I was the least impressive thing about that entire reign. Every time Sam Raimi appeared, he was a thousand times better than me and should have probably been the thing that carried our franchise. Oh, I'm Kevin Sorbo. I was in a terrible N64 game. Oh, Hercules, the <laughs> legend begins. I wasted many hours of my life, and I blame that for why high school sucks so bad. <laughs> Do you remember uh, that GameCube game that starred Adam West and David Duchovny? No. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be very good, unfortunately, but what a voice cast. David Duchovny. <laughs> I did buy a uh, game called Area 51. And David Duchovny is a voice in that. I kind of only bought it for David Duchovny. Because yes. like that song says, is David Duchovny, why don't you love me? Uh, is that a real song? 
Yeah, look it up. It's got ever. It's got all these famous people from the '90s in it. Like you got like Jerry Springer shows up and is like David Duchovny. Why don't you love me? Uh, Jerry Springer was you. the mayor of Cincinnati. I will <laughs> make sure you don't forget. What is? What is he wrong also. With- <laughs> he also has a fucking. Uh, uh, Judge Jerry TV show now that is filming in my my home my my, my home state of Illinois. And there you go. You we may have watched a terrible movie, but you just learned a whole bunch of things. All right. Mr. So if this if this movie was on Judge Jerry, what crimes would it be convicted of? <laughs> um, like I'm pretty sure you could put this on an actual uh, crime. Like so, I watched this movie. Felt dirty. Felt like I should be arrested for even yeah. viewing this trash. I'm, I'm so glad and I then, made a new Netflix profile that just said stupid shit that you watch for podcasts and put this movie as it. Okay, as soon as this movie ended, it started playing a trailer for Mindhunter because it, <laughs> it knew that the, like if you went through this movie, you are the type of depraved human being that gets hunted down in that show. They're like, you're the kind of guy who will get drawn in by Charles Manson. You have to come watch Mindhunter so like you know that that's bad. <laughs> it- or. It fucking it fucking went um it, that there's that scene in that trailer now where he goes like uh I can get access to anyone now? What about Manson? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And then they go, What about the Fine Brothers? And they're like, No <laughs> What about the Fine Brothers? We don't talk about the Fine Brothers. <laughs> we don't <laughs> We put them away where they can't hurt anyone anymore. <laughs> uh YouTube Red <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to looking up that reference and understanding it in post. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's when YouTube tried to make its own like super cool streaming service and like it flopped horribly. Oh, uh, I thought you said E2 Red. Like <laughs> E2 U2. Red. <laughs> U2 Brutus, but Red. <laughs> A2 Fine Brothers. You <laughs> You hath brought upon me such sorrow and pain. <laughs> oh, where can thou be found on thine web of the internet? I like that you can't decide whether your accent's Latin or German. <laughs> I do not know. It just slowly is turned into strange love. I love it. Ten women for every man! All right, uh, so you can hear more of uh, the kind of nonsense I spewed on this on hourofthunder.podomatic.com or just search Thor's Hour of Thunder in anything that plays you podcasts. Um, I'm always getting notifications that we're on, like, random sketchy podcast uh, apps, so uh, I guess if you listen to really, if, if you listen to, you know, we're, I mean, we're on Spotify because I had to apply for that, but I, I literally will, like, you know, I'll... I'll I'll, I'll see, it'll be, like, links downloads, and then it'll be from, like, some, like, fucking, like, you know, super sketchy, like, you know, podcast distribution site, and I'm just like, do I, I guess I'm getting downloads, so I don't bother telling them not to do that, but, like, I feel dirty, <laughs> like, <laughs> podcastmp3.ru. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find more of my work at 
Derncast, found wherever podcasts are available, including the sketchy places. Um, <laughs> I used a new service called Anchor, and they just do all that for free. It's free hosting, and they just put it, put your put your podcast everywhere. So it went instantly to Spotify. It was the quickest I've ever seen anything go on to Spotify because they have like a deal with Spotify. So like if you upload it there, it's just like bam. There's no hosting fees, no nothing. It's just all free. Um, anyways. But they do, uh, they do add boat sound effects into the background of every <laughs> podcast. And this episode of the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't mind me. I'm recording this at the docks again. Ah, sha, 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 sha. Gotta get me some fish. Um, you can. <laughs> Next time I'm near the water, I'm just going to yell, ah, sha, 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 got to get me some fish and see if any sailors show up. Hi, matey, you've been here at the boat, Captain, and I'm Captain of the Boat. Um, I like that you just did the voice that Basil the Rat does in uh, Great Mouse Detective when he's pretending to be a boat captain. That is my favorite Disney movie, so that's probably what happened. Uh, I just pulled that and stole it. Uh, You can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And uh, please rate us five stars, because we want to be rated five stars. Please, please, please. Thank you. Rate us us on iTunes, he means. Don't rate us on Twitter. That would be impossible. I mean, you can rate us on Twitter. It would just be you sending an at us that was just the five star symbols, (laughs) and that was it. (laughs) Look, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm going to send that to your podcast, this podcast, (laughs) as soon as we're done recording. Uh, Thank you. And as always, blame the CW. Bye. Sugar. This has been a Milkshakes and Mimosas podcast. Email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And until next time, trash fire's gonna burn. Sugar. And we've lost all of our sponsors. Just kidding. Um, this is sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> Just statistically. Um, and, I, and a mattress that shows up at your door in a sack. Which brand? Oh, is it Casper? Is it, I don't know, Andy? Is it... Uh, Purple. I've been seeing those lately. Helix. Helix Sleep. <laughs> it's, it's all of them. They're all coming. It's all happening now. New mattress uh, sack technology. Um, a- anyway. The mattress uh, so- is so comfy it comes in its own sleeping bag. Sugar.